right, start yeah. the show. Uh, you guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. everybody welcome to saturday morning cereal not just any saturday morning cereal welcome to the frankenberry special 2023 that's right it's the spooky season and we're all spooky here uh by all i'm looking at a skeleton crew tonight <laughs> it's just uh me myself the most important element don't worry the meat's in the stew Dan Grimshay, I'm your host, uh, and at least I do have backing me up this week, uh, Mr. Marquis, won't you speak up? Hello, my monster friends. There he is, uh, Spooky Marquis on target, right. uh, and of course our good friends uh, uh, Johnny Heck and uh, Jimmy the Gent, uh, unable to join us. But they're, they are here in spirit. In spirit! Ooh. Welcome to the Frank and Betty season show. <laughs> uh, so anyway... Uh, we've got perhaps the most perfect yes. Frankenberry subject. So excited this year! Yeah, it is. It is a a, a graphic novel. A graphic novel. We're going to be talking all about a graphic novel. We're going to yes. be discussing a graphic novel, <laughs> and uh, written by one Mark Russell, uh-huh. who you will hear from later. Yeah. Also, uh, drawn by one Peter Sniper, who you will also hear later. Uh, Jimmy and I had a great conversation with him, and you're not getting out of it, so stay tuned for that. But first, let me tell you a little bit about what it is and why this just seems like a Halloween miracle fell in our laps. <laughs> yes. This is a Serialite. You know us. We're all about, you know, those themes of Saturday morning cereal, which we grew up with. And if you look around, you'll notice they've grown up with us. Boom. Tagline. Achieved. Mm-hmm. Trademarked. And. And uh, and what we've got here is a graphic novel called, get this, not making this up, Serial. It's called Serial. It's called Serial. Amazing. It is not about Serial per se. There's Serial in it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's more about monsters. Serial monsters, you ask? Oh, well, yes. Frankenberry no. season show. There is, a, though there is no Frankenberry, there is a Frankenberry. Uh-huh. There is a... A beau. A Marquis de, de Coco. A Marquis de There's Coco. There's a beau berry. A beau berry. Uh, there is a leprechaun king. There's a leprechaun king. Uh-huh. Uh, there uh, is a honeycomb realm. No, there, there's There's a honeycomb fortress. A honeycomb fortress. There's... There is... This thing is packed with illusions. To your Saturday morning... Literally to Saturday morning. To Saturday morning. American, at least, I should qualify. There's a Antonio... Uh, tiger. Yes, uh, a Count Antonio. Like I think Count his Antonio. name is. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't even want to get 
pulled too deep into the rabbit hole of, I want to <laughs> see some of these cameos, you're going to have to go get the book, which, by the way, is available now. It's available now. Wherever you can get yep. it digitally, perhaps physically, I can't tell you exactly. And actually, I just got word from the publisher, we're oh. actually going to be giving... A couple of copies away. No, yeah. it is a Halloween, a Halloween miracle. Day. It's a Frank and Betty season miracle. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's amazing. This is um, the artwork is fantastic. This is the worst medium probably to be talking about graphic novels. <laughs> but mm. I mean, let me just say that the, the the art, the illustrations, the panels, the action. It's mm. a wonderful, fantastic graphic novel. Mm. It's it's. It's like, uh, give me my wildest dream. Yeah. And this is it. It's crazy how much But is it about and- a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, uh, serial monster mascots going around uh, talking to kids about the dangers of drugs or something? No. No, no it isn't. No. This takes itself perfectly seriously yes. enough. It is a medieval Still hilarious. fantasy. Yes. It's yeah. like a sword and sorcerer style uh pulpy uh i you know when i was growing up, i didn't read a lot of comic books but i read the hell out of some conan the barbarian in mm-hmm. the 80s very conan love yes. that series and it's all about you know medieval times uh there's swords sorcery if you will mm-hmm. to keep going back to yeah. it uh robert e howard up the yin yang uh, if you are familiar with the watchman it's a lot like the black freighter comic within a comic okay. um it it is dripping with tragedy and violence uh-huh. and betrayal and purpose and twists and yes, turns. Yes. Uh, and it is all about, and I love when, when properties do this, it's about characters you already know and it shows them in a totally different light. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember 20 years ago reading the, the, at the time was just a novel called wicked uh-huh. about the wicked witch yeah. from wizard of Oz. I've seen the musical. And I was going to yeah, say, yeah. I was like, oh, this can become a thing. And it immediately just became a musical. And it's a fantastic musical. Like, it's, yeah, Tony winning. Yeah, yeah fair yeah, enough. Obviously. But then it stalled the genre of reinventing beloved characters correctly until we finally get serial out now, wherever you can buy comic <laughs> yeah. books. Or win it by listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nothing exemplifies the idea of these themes growing up with us yeah. and making a very adult version you know, it's, uh, and I feel like this, uh, this, I'll call it a gimmick, but I love it. This gimmick is, it's having a, its moment. You got your five nights at Freddy's, yeah. but the, uh, 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 the, the, the haunted Chuck E. Cheese the dolls Chuck e. Cheese, uh, came, uh, came the from animatronics. Yeah. a video game. In fact, where, uh, it's, you know, that use the beloved things of your youth to scare you. Yeah. This is, I think, more thoughtful. I think there's more artistry behind it. There's certainly some great storytelling. I think, it, I, think it, I think it, it, it also captures that, that kind of rare magic that we just don't have now where you don't get to sit at a breakfast table <laughs> and look at the back of a box anymore. Look at the art on the box of cereal. Because you, now you're looking at your phone. Well, now, now I always set in. aside at least a quick perusal of any cereal box, but maybe yes. that was because that's how I was raised. Yeah, that's how we were raised. But you know, like little did we did we know of the the motifs, the the archetypes that they were projecting with these serial characters. Yeah, and pretty much all of them have 
its archetype and its motif. They were unexplored like deeply. And I think that this, this graphic novel actually has the opportunity to do that. And what I loved about it is that, Yes, there's a lot of inside jokes. I chuckled a lot reading. Oh, yeah. There's like a some lot. amazing, hilarious Puns throwaway and, things yeah, throwaway in there. Things. That, oh, it's hilarious. And, but but and it's not serious. just the monster mascots get cameos, by the way. Yeah. You have to really comb through mm-hmm. to see everybody who makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. And it's all twisted, you know, into this, like, like I said, like a medieval tale of uh, torture and madness and tragedy and, you know... And it explores the idea of what it is to be a monster, uh-huh. you know, it, touchingly, but also hilariously. Yeah. Pulls it off. Well, and, and just as a little sample, the gravedigger is a frog. <laughs> yes. And what does he do? Well, whenever they have a body, they tell them how many to dig them. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, that is so good. And I'm just, you know, and of course, you guys, it's about the honey smacks and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's. I, I loved it. Um, every single page turn, you're, you just can't wait to hear where the story goes. You're totally enthralled by the panels themselves and of the artwork. Um, it's fantastic, you guys, and and it was it was such a it was such a pleasure to read. Um, as soon as I heard about this project, I reached out to the publishers and I was like, "Hey, we got to have these guys on. We do this yearly." It's we do our Frankenberry season show every year. It's our serialized version of a Halloween special. It's the only time that we ever really talk about horror movies, horror tropes, and cereal. <laughs> yeah, and this is it. And all of a sudden, these things just kind of met perfectly in a graphic novel. Uh, and it's it's just it is really something else. So, man, I mean, should we bring this interview? You What's guys, you guys want to hear? Yeah, yeah. Let's just. Let's cut right to it. Here is uh, myself, uh, Jimmy the Gent, having a conversation all about the graphic novel serial with its uh, creators, uh, writer Mark Russell and artist Peter Snyber. Hey, Magic Interview Machine, take us to the haunted interview. Have you guys ever, I, I don't imagine you've probably been in the same room, but have you no. actually worked? No, uh, I'm not sure we have. I don't, not, not, then it, then it would have to be in the old days sometime. Some, yeah, no, a I, long I don't time go ago. back to the old days. <laughs> <laughs> not that old. Well, I'm, I'm that old. I just haven't been in, I started in comics in 2015, so. Oh, okay. No, then we absolutely not have, have then we haven't met. Nope, absolutely not. Not, not physically. Well, and yet uh, you have birthed this together. Yeah, uh, real technology. brief introduction here. My name's Jimmy. This is uh, my uh, co-host, Dan, or I'm his co-host. And nice to meet you guys. Thanks for taking the time today, Peter. I know this is a little later for you, so thanks so much. And um, uh, go ahead, Dan. I want. I know you wanted to start. <laughs> uh, well, well, first of all, thank you. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, great having you. Uh, I got to read the book myself yesterday. I absolutely loved it, but I'm, I'm a real sucker for almost everything that's in here. I like, I love reimagined, uh, established characters. Uh, one of the only comics I read growing up was Conan the Barbarian. I had about 50 issues that I would just reread from the, from the mid eighties. And I was just getting such great vibes of that kind of Robert Howard, you know, grand world tragic king sort of storytelling uh and also 
we here on the show every Halloween we do uh, like a love letter episode to those monster cereals. So, I mean, kismet upon kismet. So, right? No, it sounds like it was meant to be. Yeah, you guys, you guys were speaking to me uh, very loudly through that, and I, I absolutely loved it. Great, glad to hear it. And uh, well, and well, I liked it too. And <laughs> <laughs> too late, Jimmy. No one's buying it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna. Uh, I was. I was just getting ready to say that uh, Peter's artwork kind of reminded me of. Uh, early Vampirella work, like uh, the Warren comics, Erie, and and that kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah, that's and... obviously a lot of it. That's a lot of where I come from, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well done, well done, both you guys. Great job. I really enjoyed the story. Um, but but tell tell me, Mark, where does this where does this uh, come from? How many is it? Are you sitting as a child staring at your cereal box? Yeah, well, probably. I don't know that I was thinking, well, this is going to be a comic book someday, but it actually, um, weirdly, I was writing these before I even had a career in comics. Like, I uh, was just posting what I thought were sort of funny little little stories or anecdotes about Count Chocula on Facebook. And, you know, or like, you know, about him and Frankenberry and Booberry as if they lived in some sort of... Game of Thrones is very popular at the time. So I thought, well, it wouldn't yeah. be funny if to write like an episode of Game of Thrones, but it was starring the characters of the, the cereal boxes. And so I was writing that on Facebook. And ironically, that's what got me noticed by DC Comics. That's what got me noticed by Marie Javins, who tagged me to write uh, a series called Prez, uh, which was the first comic book I ever wrote for, for DC or, or for anyone. So in a lot of ways, these these uh, serial fiction stories are how I got into comic books. So it's only fitting that now we've gone full circle and they are being turned into a, a comic book. Was it uh, was it any kind of a legal battle to use these characters? I mean, I know you don't use their names, but it it kind of would fall apart if you were using their, their real yeah, names. Yeah, I think we're I love the, pretty, the back. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we had to be a little cute with the intellectual mm-hmm. property. We had to change the names and the likenesses. But I think it we haven't really had any problems. One, because I, I think it's pretty clearly parody. And, and two, also, I think they probably just figure Ahoy's not worth suing. <laughs> 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 Nothing against not Ahoy. Not but <laughs> if this was like DC or Marvel, they might be a little more, you know, they, they might have a conversation with their lawyers about, what they could get out of suing but i think that we're we're small enough time that they're probably not going to pay much attention to it hmm. well then we'll we'll try not to advertise too loudly then. oh yeah no we don't want anyone <laughs> to know about this book please don't. <laughs> you're in the right place then mark <laughs> mark were uh, you just recently at new york comic-con i was there how was it uh were you promoting this book or yeah, I I, uh, I I have my my comps of this book, and and it just come out in stores. I think uh, that that week, so I brought about 10, 10 to twenty copies with me to New York, and they all sold out like quickly. People were really excited by it. I think at least those people were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very oh, uh, cool. Uh, and uh and and Peter, I read your your little blurb at the end of it. Uh and I I imagine it was <laughs> you you thought it was gonna be like a promotional uh you know dental hygiene type of project. <laughs> and I and I love you said, Yeah, I had breakfast cereal a couple times as a kid. 
cornflakes. They were soggy. I've, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a huge. I, I, it, it, I mean, I, I, I was aware of. I mean, when you work with what I work with, you, you sort of get to keep up with all the Americana. So I, I, I had an idea what this was, but, um, but I must admit, I, it was one of those things when I was, when diving into it, it was really. I didn't know that world existed at all. It was really like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, since you've done it, have you gone out to pick up some super processed, triple sugar, colorful cereal? Uh, I think I've gotten too old for that. I, it's not, nah, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I'm with my oatmeal. That's that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, yeah, oatmeal, oatmeal took some shots in this story too. Yeah, the, the, he was. Yeah, he was. A, that was a great character to do. Yeah. So yeah, did you? So then, once you got the script, did you have to, you know, research what the trademarked, you know, mascots look like? And then yeah, we did a little. I mean, up, yeah, we, we we had to come up with some alternative designs, obviously. So they, I had to do a little bit of. But actually, I knew I knew the basic characters. I mean, they they they're always in the background somewhere. So I had seen them before, um, but. Um, so it wasn't a, it wasn't like a, 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 it was pretty, it's pretty accessible stuff. So it was, but it was fun to get to play with some of them. Um, there was some, when you start really looking hard at those characters, there's some really fun design stuff that was kind of interesting to get into. Yeah. And, and I think what, aside from their color, they were, they looked, you know, different enough. It, one's obviously a vampire. One's obviously Frankenstein's monster, et cetera. But I, my favorite has got to be your interpretation of the Bo Berry ghost. <laughs> and that's probably Absolutely the most horrific of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was I was going to ask, was it was the design process, uh, the character design left solely up to you? Or did Mark have the script uh, uh, lay out some basic looks that he wanted? Mm, I think I actually I think I did I followed obviously what was in the script but um, apart from that I think we even went back if you go back and look at the first issue the first installment that was in um, in post Nift of Terror I think I actually went back and redid some designs in the because in the beginning I was in the it took me a while to completely grasp the tone of the book so I had to uh, go back and do a little re-editing when we were when we were putting together the the trade paperback um but i think we I, I think it was a pretty smooth process i just went with what was in the script and what i could find in in, in terms of the actual things that we were parodying and then just went from from there and then i put on top of that of course the classical you know the the, the, the source of inspiration was like the gene colon horror stories from the 70s mm -hmm. is one of the things yeah, yeah. that was really uh, uh that i thought it would i it feels weird comparing yourself to, or mentioning yourself in the same sentence as Gene Colan. So because I just feel that I'm just pulling myself into the spotlight to show how, how much less of an artist I am than him. But we, he was an inspiration. Certainly, it certainly shows. Yeah, it it really uh, it really shows through in the work in this specific work. Yeah. Um, how did how did you kids get together? You're literally a half a world away from each other. How did you combine and meet up? Well, luckily, you know, Tom Pyre was our, was our editor at um, Ahoy, and he knows everybody in comics. Uh, he goes back to Vertigo in the 90s. And so luckily, his Rolodex of artists is much deeper than mine. And he's really the one that, that put all the talent together. But it was a, you know, a masterstroke on his part. Because when he showed me Peter's art, I just thought, well, this is like the perfect look. 
and and Peter had worked with Ahoy before. Um, what was the, the 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 title you did for them, Peter? Did I work from them before? I don't think I did actually. Oh, maybe no, you didn't. I don't think I did. uh, no, but, but he showed I... me. But but Tom had some artwork of yours, which he showed me, and I thought this is just the perfect tone for what I'm going for. It's gothic, but also it's it's not too dark. Mm. Uh, I'm and... thinking. I'm, I'm... I'm trying to remember if I actually did anything, but I don't think I did. I would have remembered. Oh, <laughs> uh, the uh, I, uh, and of course, uh, Mark, the writing, the attention to detail. I'm a uh, like I said, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. But all even maybe my favorite little throwaway thing is the Coco Channel. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. that's not even related to cereal or I, monsters, no, I have but a hard it just time grabs me. Up. I have a hard time passing on a pun, though. If there's a pun, I think, oh, this works, even if it's not uh, really germane. It's like it will usually make its way into the script. And I just, you know, I, I just assume 99.9% of the people reading it are going to miss it. So hats off to you, one of the, the few that got the background <laughs> joke. But yeah, that's one of the things I like to do when I'm working in a sort of a world like this, sort of a pre-created world is to like take it as seriously as possible and try to throw, think about what is it about or what are all the little details about the breakfast cereals? How many of them can I work into this story? Like little like catchphrases, you know, like little things like all part of a balanced breakfast or, you know, 13 minerals mm. and vitamins. These little things they would say in the commercials, how many of those can I work into the story? How many of the characters that were appeared on cereal boxes can I work into the story? Or breakfast references so that really became my sort of guidepost when it became clear that this is not just going to be a uh a solo shot uh but it was going to be a um a continuing serial story serial in both senses of the term love, did you I, miss I any did you miss anybody or is anybody you couldn't use like like i, I yeah, was the one I was that i'm sorry the one I sort of kick myself over it's like how, this is so obvious how could you have left them out is uh yummy mummy <laughs> oh, I admit I kind of was expecting him to show up. I don't think we were missing anything by the end. Um, and for some reason, I was waiting for you to. And I hope that if we get into spoilers here, just tell me to shut up. But I was <laughs> waiting for uh, 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 snap, crackle, and pop to sort of spring from the one crackle. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how he's going to do that. And then you didn't. <laughs> but I'm not disappointed. Good. <laughs> But yeah, the the honey smacks grave digger, genius move there. Dig them, dig them. Yeah, <laughs> two graves. Dig catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling like my favorite bit, which I think speaks to both of you guys, was when uh, they were asking what Count Chocula or the Count what what it tastes like, what his victims taste like, and he was just uh, <laughs> he was just all racked with pain. It's chocolate. <laughs> they taste like chocolate. Like it, that was that was probably the, my favorite. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it, you know, is kind of like started with the idea. I was thinking to myself, like, how dumb is it to have a breakfast cereal mascot be a vampire? Because <laughs> vampires can't have breakfast. You know, they they got to be in the mm. crypt, asleep during you know daytime. So why would you choose a vampire? To and I thought, well, this would be like the the most cruel thing you could do to a vampire to make them mm. like sit and pretend to enjoy a bowl of cereal while they're slowly disintegrating in the morning sun and that kind of really kicked off the story and it's like well this is the story it's about a vampire who has to pretend not to be a vampire 
Was that the, uh, I think you mentioned something of a, a one shot that spilled into uh, a graphic comic. Was that the first story, the one shot where he was sitting at the table, right? Yeah, the first one is a little disjointed. The, the continuity is not really the same as the following chapters, uh, which I, I, I assume readers will forgive. But it, the reason for that is because it was written to be sort of a complete story, a one shot. And I w it wasn't written with the other, you know, seven chapters in mind. Mm -hmm. Well, the uh... yeah, that's the that, that's also why I think the character designs changed a bit because the I, I did, the tone also shifted a little bit after the first issue. So, but it it went a bit darker, and then it went a bit darker still. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> that's kind of you know, it's not unlike you know, if you watch the first episode of The Simpsons or something, it's very hmm. different than you know what you would see by the second or third season so i i sort of write it off like it's okay that it's a little different than what followed because it was written so much earlier and it was written and you know under a different mindset hmm. and you got to start in first gear there's nothing wrong with that yeah the heavy lifting is there and i i admit i'm a little confused uh and it's probably holes in my knowledge base but uh the duke l'orange was is he representative of that one weird glass of orange juice they always show in the complete breakfast? No, or is there he was an orange be, cereal I'm missing? There's not an orange cereal. He was supposed to, the the thing that he represents is sort of the intrusion of the non-breakfast world into that. He doesn't belong because duck orange is something you eat for dinner. It's not something you eat for breakfast. So he's sort of there as an intruder, uh, mm. and he doesn't he doesn't really belong in the world of breakfast and that's kind of and you know there's also other characters like that who are sort of peripheral because they aren't breakfast oriented like uh crook madame uh who has like another great egg one hap. uh these are, are foods that are sort of invaders to the world of breakfast <laughs> and uh what and uh and of course, brunches for what was it? Uh, whores, wastrels, whores and wastrels. Wastrels. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's that's so good, man. That's so good. And, uh, like uh, what we read that pre. Well, when I read the preview copy, uh, I I can't imagine you've ever heard an episode of our podcast. But the you know breakfast cereal is our stock and trade, and every conversation eventually comes back to that. And we do once a year. Um, we have the the serial monsters we do parodies of different movies we do uh like we have those those characters are like say in godfather or uh uh true romance or just myriads every every year we do that so to read this book it was like he was saying it's kismet or whatever so like mine so well done guys really enjoyed it so yeah. much Great. And, Thank and, you. and miles beyond anything we've ever pulled off. Right. right. I was, so. I, yeah, I was just telling Dan while we were warming up, man, this is, <laughs> well, I'm just I'm a little bit angry that we didn't think of some of this stuff. Like, it's so good. It's so good. It's so, so rich. Like the chocolatey blood. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. That's all part of this balanced breakfast. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I guess we got to ask if, if there's going to be follow-ups, uh, or if you're taking this kind of idea, you're going to take some other mascots from childhood and grow them up for us, because we talk about the themes of our childhood growing up and getting dark yeah. all the time on the show. I hadn't thought of mm. it, but you know, if there was like a chance for a um, you know an anniversary edition or or uh, or something like that, that would be probably the perfect opportunity to bring mum a yummy mummy into the into the fold. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, well, I fun. mean, but you you remembered Fruit Fruit, and a lot of people don't. So I, you still yeah. get credit for that one. I barely, mm-hmm. barely remembered Fruit Fruit from my childhood. I think I, I, he kind of was a little before my time, but but I, but I, he seemed like he had to be in the book. <laughs> Maybe if we go further, uh, Yummy Mommy is sort of like the crib keeper and introduces the anthology stories as you as you go on monthly maybe, maybe uh general post comes back as uh yummy mummy yeah that's ah. what i was looking for with somebody to come back ah yes yeah. i like that mm. and uh and again to to talk the uh the legalities of it uh, uh post general mills uh i you know they're not disney or anything but they are really big companies yeah, you, I, 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 and I never know. Out? No, um, I I'd never know how these corporate entities are going to react to something like this. Usually, thankfully, they just sort of ignore it because it's <laughs> it's not what they do, um, and it's not enough of a not worth their time. But yeah, I, um, I think it's always better to just sort of do what you're going to do um, anyway. And then not worry about worry about the fallout when it comes, but don't talk yourself out of something. Don't talk yourself out of a good idea. Uh, sure, ask forgiveness. I mean, that, yeah, also, these days at the very least, it could exist on the internet uh, in some form, right? I think if they, uh, you know, if they if they were smart, they would try to co-opt this. They would offer us like some sort of licensing agreement to turn this into an animated series. If they were smart, right? Yeah, <laughs> I would. That would be. I would like that. They're too stuffed with sugar. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Go ahead, Post. Come after me. <laughs> well, they own this really valuable IP, but I don't think they're really doing anything with it. Yeah, I, and and like I said, we uh, we tend to go and uh, you know common use rated ourselves quite a bit, not to the effect that you guys were able to pull off. Mm-hmm. Or to the effect or success <laughs> that you guys have. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's oh. been it was a. It, I had a long time to write these because there was a long gap between the first one and the second. So it, it helped to like have some time to sort of ruminate on what a story could be involving these characters. Right, and uh, and I don't, and uh, like I said, I don't want to get into spoiler territory just because there are some twists and turns. Uh, so I'm going to save those questions, but honestly, all the rest of my notes was just a bunch of, Oh my God, look at that gag. Oh, look at this. <laughs> right. Well, I, think I, I even wrote, I tis not small. One of, one of my favorite little bits in there. And I right, remember right, jokes right. about that commercial more than I remember the commercial <laughs> itself. So that's how, you know, it's really made it into pop culture. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's were- a- Oh, I was going to say, like, I think a lot of it was that these, these, even if you don't eat breakfast cereals, even if you aren't familiar with the, the, everyone kind of knows these characters, uh, which is kind of what the story is about. These, these characters having a, like a life that goes beyond any actual material based on them. Because there's almost nothing really based on these characters other than these really short uh, cartoon serial ads. So it's kind of, to me, it just seemed like an interesting challenge to create these sort of backstories for them. It's, and, it, and it's kind of fun because they are just a tablet that you can do that with. You don't have to ignore what's already established. 
well, they're so just, little established that you can barely barely blank slate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, now that gonna... um, <clears throat> sorry, no. Go I was ahead. just going to say now that now that Mattel is even Mattel are making the you know cinematic universe. Maybe Mark is going to get the you know the call tomorrow when they see this. <laughs> yeah, well, we have the uh, the General Mills cinematic universe. Which was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how oh, we know well, we're living in a simulation. It's like right. Well, I I did buy some uh, a, a Booberry action figure at San Diego Comic Con this past year. Is so he like ripped? Does he look like Chris Helmsworth? Like Booberry? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just he looked like he was straight off the cereal box. But uh, but definitely some of your guys' ideas would be would be would sell some sell some plastic. Yeah, I think uh, ripped blueberries probably are our big toy idea at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> for Chris Hemsworth mm. was there. Uh, I was going to ask Peter. Did was there any point where you sent some some of your sketches or anything where you're looking at? I I don't I don't think they're called dailies or whatever. But did did Mark ever say, "Hey, pull back here a little bit," or maybe go push you a little farther in any of the designs mm. or or. No, I think there was a as in the beginning there were a couple of things about the designs, small things, and I also um, I think I miscolored one of the characters in one issue. Yeah, that was like the, the, the big thing I remember. I mean, I thought Peter's designs were great, but the one thing I sort of put my foot down on was that initially uh, uh, Frankenberry was co colored blue, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Have you never seen Frankenberry? He's, <laughs> he's got to be pink." I think it must have been a. It was probably a. a I don't know. I've, but it was just fun because it was like he was complaining about the colorist, and I was like, "But I am the colorist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I know the guy. I'll, I'll talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's always falling falling down on the job. I'll on the word. Well, the yeah. uh, well, the finished product was great because you could always tell who the narrator was by that by that color palette in the background. Yeah, it no, it really helps that the they're paint. all sort of color coded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and let's see, I was, I had a kind of running list in my head, like who, who is here and who is not. And you guys were thinking of far more mascots than I could remember, like the Honey Smacks Bee, uh, mm. like there was a couple others who just had sort of the one-off in the background shots. Yeah, there yeah, a lot and... of background characters, like, uh, the, 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 um, Ra the Raisin Brand Sun shows up at one mm -hmm. point, like overhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was telling that was a good throw off, uh, just a, like a one off joke, right? Like he was just yeah. trying to get the vampire. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the cookie wizard, beautiful yeah, Merlin choice. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, uh, Appella Jacks. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was a good touch. <laughs> Jacks, I think that was, that was P uh, Peter's. Idea. Yeah, I think I said that was actually, I think I did that when I was doing the lettering. I was like, ah, what? Why? That's, that's so obvious. <laughs> yeah. It took me like two or three reads before suddenly I was like, oh, it's right there. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was totally Peter. <laughs> so great. All those, all those little touches. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, and I'm sure there's some that went over my head, so I'm gonna have to go back and read. There's actually it. a couple of them um, in, in some of the background scenes because there were some some of the breakfast scenes and stuff. But there's so many characters, I had to I had to come up with some. So there's a few that refer to some coffee brands and stuff like that that I just figured that nobody would know in the U.S. Right. But it was like we need somebody here. We need and and some of them were like hypothetically there could be this character could be representing you know cinnamon or something like that. So there's a couple of characters like that I put in there. And and was that at the one table scene? Was that Aunt Jemima sitting at the table with them? 
There was somebody that, 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 that was my best guess. That was a darker skinned lady with a thing on her head. Oh, yeah. right. No, that was actually, that was actually a refer, sort of a reference to a, a, a Danish coffee brand that, uh, oh, okay. there. Oh. have a, a, an African lady on the, on the package. I mean, it's, it, that, that was my, that was my take on it anyway. Mm-hmm. More detail than I can even find in there. I, I absolutely love it. And the, just the general tone, I'm such a sucker for that. Just like, you know, like the, the comic within a comic and Watchmen just dripping mm. with dread and the, the old like carriage right. you're going by horse through dark woods. All it does have time. a very black freighter okay. uh, sort of feel, yep. feel to That's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, making and it more ridiculous is- that it's about breakfast cereal characters. <laughs> But the great thing is that a thing like this only works if you do it completely straight faced. You can't, you can't, you can't, oh, absolutely you, right. can, you can have all the little background jokes and all this, but you can't betray that it's funny. The, the, the characters have to keep completely straight faces throughout for it to work. I think that's the key mm. to writing a funny comic in general is that the characters mm. don't realize they're in a funny comic. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> to them, these are, this is the universe and these, these mm. stakes are high yeah. and real. Well, yes, I like the it, uh, as I think soon was... as you cast Leslie Nielsen in your comic, I think you're <laughs> you're kind of done. Well, the uh, the scene where the uh, uh, Quaker Oats man shows up, and I won't get into much detail, but he is very much taking his advocate role very seriously. And then you kind of see the the village people speaking in the background start to lose their patience. Like, why are we listening to this garbage? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I love I love those I love those little village people. They were so fun to do. Shut up and burn him already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so anyway, amazingly well done. Uh, and I feel like the more we talk about it, the more I'm just going to gush. So I don't know if there's any areas that we haven't touched on that you guys want to get out there for listeners or just that it's in stores now. So if you are interested in reading That's the important. book we are talking about, Please, you know, consult yeah. your local comic shop, or if you don't have a comic shop, maybe a, a Barnes and Noble or a bookstore where that carries uh, graphic novels. Yeah. Absolutely. No, the Amazon. Maybe we haven't officially said what it's called. We've said it several times, but it is called Serial. So if you're going to the comic shop and you're just say we're looking for the comic about Serial, that'll probably be enough. <laughs> yeah, Serial. C e r e a l. Yeah. Originally, I wanted to call it Serial Monsters, S-E-R-I-A-L, but Tom talked me out of it, so we just went with Serial, C-E-R-E. Yeah, right. Write that down, Dan. That's available. <laughs> they left that one on the branch. Good. So, fellas, uh, like I said, we always bring this conversation back around to uh, Serial, um, and, and I started off by pointing out, when I, was a, when I was a little boy, I used to have to get up super early in the morning to beat my brother to the couch to get the good spot in front of the TV. But before that, I'd have to run into the kitchen and beat my parents in there so I could pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness to get me through the morning. So, uh, Mark, Peter, we'd like to know, what's your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal, and what cartoons did you watch? Well, when I was a kid, I really loved Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think that was probably my favorite cereal. And um, and my cartoon of choice, the one that, like, I would – I would let my brother or sister choose any other time slot except for this one. I had to watch Super Friends. Yeah. And yeah. I was a oh. poor and I was a poor deprived European kid. We didn't have mornings, Saturday morning cartoons, <laughs> if you can believe that. 
That's, oh, see, I was, no, I was afraid I'm, this I'm, one wasn't going to work for Peter. I'm <laughs> trying to wrap my I'm, mind around that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, over here, parents would just lock the kids out of the house on Saturday morning. You know, go outside and don't come in until it's noon. <laughs> okay. Did you then have you'll cereal? Get soggy oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tragedy. Now, well, what about now? Do you get to watch any cart any cartoons you enjoy now that you can do whatever you want as an adult? Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, now you have more cartoons that you can throw a stick at. You have Netflix. You have the. There's even a, I think there's even a specialized Danish cartoon channel now with homemade cartoon, uh, not homemade but Danish made cartoons that they're trying to start up. There's so much, but actually I don't. I'm working all the time. I don't. I don't get to do much except work. Too too much time drawing cartoon <laughs> figures to sit and watch cartoons. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a tragedy. And keep up the good work, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, guys, anything you want to plug before we let you go? Anything else you're working on? Nothing um, I can I will... mention right now. Okay. We'll get back I, to because you. of the strike, or just uh, it's not time yet. No, I'm, I'm, there may be some big news in the new year, but we'll wait and see. Uh, okay. It's it, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I will say that I'm uh, <laughs> currently working on two comics that are in the stands. Rumpus Room, which is about a billionaire who locks people in his basement and then has them crushed and turned into skin cream. Um, and and also uh, Traveling to Mars, which is about the first manned mission to Mars. And the person they send, they chose him because he's terminally ill, so they don't have to bring him back. Uh, but it's it's not as much of a downer as it sounds. So if you're interested in more <laughs> lighthearted, the rock. first one is yeah. <laughs> check out traveling to Mars or, or Rumpus Room. Excellent. Oh, we'll do one. We got to get you watching some more comedies or something, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. And again, just thank you for the work. I absolutely love that comic book graphic well, novel. Reading Apologies, it. but wow. That spoke to me like very few things do right thank you really enjoyed it guys thanks so much for your time today really appreciate it and thank you for helping spread the word yes of course and when the new year comes and you can talk about it we'd love to spread more words yeah thank you forward to the next time guys thank you mark russell bye everyone don't open that box don't open that box Marshmallow ghosts of leaving our cereal. Good. Now there's room for more chocolatey marshmallows. You mean room for more strawberry flavored marshmallows? A delicious part of this complete breakfast. Shall we? Let's go. Hey, Frankenberry season. It's Frankenberry season, y'all. It's the one time of year where we talk about horror movies. That's right. And we're going to talk about some horror movies. We're (laughs) we're transitioning so seamlessly. Yes. From from graphic novels, satire, tribute, parody, graphic novels, right to horror movies. Oh, yeah. You guys probably didn't even see it. That's right. Here it is. (laughs) Horror movies on Halloween. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've we've watched our fair share of them for the show over the years. Over the years. Uh, but there was, to me, there was that magic time when, and this is probably just our age group. Yes. So if you don't agree, I understand listener. Uh, but if you are my age, 30, 46, <laughs> you, uh, and you don't agree, well then you're wrong. Yeah. So I and just want to put some qualifiers there, yeah. but the golden age of horror movies, even though they are, there are much better, more intelligent, at more least, horrifying movies out there, there now. Uh, nothing 
touches my horror heart like a good 80s slasher. At least horror movie characters. Oh, well, maybe yeah, not the movie itself. Like what qualifies as the scariest or the goriest or whatever yeah. or, hat you want, or to put even on it. good or barely watchable. Some of them yeah. going back, but Freddy, Michael, Jason, uh, the Hellraiser guy, Pinhead. yeah, Pinhead, yeah. Uh, I don't want to keep listing. We've got enough. But I think that would be our Mount Rushmore, right? It would be Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, and Pinhead. Yeah, well, even Pinhead seems like a, an alternate. To me, hey, sure, he's big, but uh, no, the three on, had, on like, the mountain. There was like five hell hellraisers. Hey, right? great, yeah, yeah. There were twenty six fucking. There was the Friday thirteenth and Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, <I> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a, I don't. Do, did they get to Nightmare on Elm Street four? I believe. No, there's like nine or ten, oh. but, plus all the reboots now. But I mean, if yeah, the, I wouldn't include the those, original but... Robert England. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like. <laughs> I know there was. I know, like, the original Jason. I know they changed actors who wore the hockey mask or whatever. Yeah. But even, even in the first one. I think the, the original Jason, um, character-wise, like, you know, the, the canon, uh, the continuity. I think I, I, I remember Jason X. So that's the 10th movie. So that got up there. That I do yeah, remember yeah. that. That was... Was that the one when he went to space, or was there one just called Jason Goes to Space? That one might have Sorry, been the there's, one. there's a spooky jet overhead. <laughs> space jet. Jason in space jet. Okay, it's almost done. But the uh, uh, Jason Goes to Space, and I think everyone laughed at that. Yeah, and it was, but also, like, it's also kind of smart. It's like Jason in a submarine, right? Like, you know, put Jason in a small... You know, room where you can't, you can't get out of. It's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jason in space is actually in oh, the infinite, though. I think it was like Friday the Thirteenth, like two thousand or something. It was like a futuristic thing. I'm trying to remember. Sorry, it could have been. <laughs> and I feel, and Jason, <laughs> Jason X, or only I. That was like the New York one. I, I am trying to remember. Okay, because so I, there you go. All right, starts now. starts the whole series starts on a small. Uh, camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake, yes. a small summer camp in the middle of nowhere. And it's actually not Jason in the first one. Remember, it's That's his right. mother. It's his mother. It's his Spoiler mother. alert yes. for anybody oh, who yeah, sorry. hasn't bothered in the last 41 years to watch that movie. There's there's not even a hockey mask until the third movie. Until the third one? Yeah, because Jason shows up at the end of the first movie. He kind of jumps out of the lake, so he's like alive. Okay, yeah. And then Jason is the killer in the second movie, but he's just wearing like a... Uh, a pillow case over his his head with the holes uh, knocked out, like with. I like, don't remember like that, but that, I mean that's scary enough. Yeah, yeah. So the actual is that not Texas Chainsaw Massacre that has the the bag? No, over no, his head? no. That's Leatherface. He's got he's got a mask made of people's skin. That oh d- yeah, yeah, duh. yeah, yeah. No, no. Th- this guy, no, he's and like Leatherface. I would, uh, by the way, I would put as an alternate above Pinhead even. Sure. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Out of respect. Okay. I mean, you, you don't just start throwing on presidents from the 20th century. Yeah, but he's more of a Rushmore. character from the 70s. He's, so, well, still, yes, but he's but progenitor. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, so um, Jason, the the iconic hockey mask doesn't even show up until the third movie. And the original, I think, came out in 80, right? So the second one, I don't know, 82, 83. The third one, 83, 84, around then. That's and right, so, right? But... 
the hockey mask like so me my favorite horror character when i was a kid was jason so i watched all of those when i was a kid even though uh, if you guys have been listening to this show a, a while you guys know i don't like horror movies but when i was a kid i did like friday the 13th and i watched all the nightmare on elm streets too yeah. um but oh I yeah just pop quiz asshole how did how did uh, Freddy uh, yeah yeah Freddy Krueger end up in the predicament he was in? In quick, what what was his backstory? Oh, he was a child murderer, and the victim's parents who lived on Elm Street, they all uh, they all found him and burned him alive in his house, and he burned to death, which is why he's all burnt up. But he was oh, okay. he was so evil that he could live on in the nightmare realm. Oh, and if you want to even go further back, which I think was revealed, I didn't even want to go that far back, but I love it. Keep but, going. Uh, in like the third or fourth movie, it was uh, determined that um, he his mother was a nurse, like in a psychiatric ward, like in an Arkham Asylum type, where you put like criminals or murderers in. Yeah. And she ended up getting locked in one in like in like the in the prison in this in this in this place. And then she was raped by all of these inmates. And so Freddy Krueger, as the mythos goes, is the bastard child of a thousand murderers. Even though it could only be one egg. I mean, come on, technically, but, you know, you got to just. Let's just say he's the bastard son of a thousand murderers or whatever. All right. Yeah. So he's distasteful so as this is. I could also see multiple sperm. Yes. It does happen, fraternal twin style. Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's say he even gets up to triplets ruined, but Freddie <laughs> absorbs the other absorb two. Yeah, so I would say at at most <laughs> in a crazy world, it's the bastard child of three murderer fathers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that is the backstory of Freddie. Um, Jason, on the other hand, his, his backstory is that, uh, he was a, um, he was, he was a kid that was at the camp, at the summer camp at Camp Crystal Lake and the chaperones who are all teenagers, they were fucking each other, losing their virginities. Yeah. Doing drugs and uh, and and, sinning and and setting that eighties horror movie template. Exactly. And so they weren't watching, and Jason drowned in the lake. And that's why the mom is the murderer in the first movie, because she's out for vengeance yeah, for her she's son. she's out for vengeance. Yeah. And but as it which, turns out... in the end, everybody, it, civil court is so much better <laughs> than really murdering some yes, other teens who actually had nothing to do with... And one of them is Kevin Bacon. Yep. He's in that movie. Yeah, well, For a while. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah, just not good. <laughs> he gets sizzled. <laughs> he gets cooked. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. There is, um, but uh, almost every movie. I don't. Maybe that one. That one doesn't. I don't think. But most movies have a survivor who goes on for the franchise, like Nancy and Well, that's what Nightmare that's and, what makes that one really cool. Is that the actual survivor? Like she actually does survive. It's by there something happens where she ends up like in a in a small paddle boat and either she drowned mama jason in the lake or something but she ends up escaping mama jason does get killed i know that 
I don't know if she kills her or not. I don't know if the girl in the boat does it, but she's in the boat at the very, very end of the movie and the credits kind of start rolling or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like an after credit scene or whatever. And Jason, the deformed body of Jason who drowned in the lake spiritually is resurrected and he jumps out of the lake and he pulls her into the lake and kills her. So the end of that movie is the rebirth of Jason as a killer. No. Yeah, so you're right. She no one does survive, but she does win. She does yeah. beat the the original killer. Yeah. But it's like a an like an added bonus scene where she ends up getting killed. And then of course that Which seems narratively Jason. important, but man, that's what those those slasher movies. And there were and we're talking about the big hitters there. The big there hitters. were so yeah. many others. Like I remember watching one on a sleepover uh-huh. at a friend's house with cable early 80s. Uh, to this day, I'm not sure what it's called, but it was, you know, some killer stalking a, a you know, co-ed campus. <laughs> you have to narrow it down. It's exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was trying to play it so broad. And the only part I really remember was like, I think, you know, they were in the gym or, you know, it's like a small college. So obviously they've got a, a field, they've got a cheerleading team. You can maybe see who the victims are going to be already. Uh, and at some point, the killer, while they're out doing, like, night <laughs> cheer <laughs> and drills, I, for some reason, middle of the night, all the girls in their, in, their, in their cheerleading stuff trying to rehearse a routine. And he comes at them with one of those javelins. <laughs> yeah, of course. And... <laughs> And you don't see the immediate aftermath, but in the next scene, like, you know, the, the teacher who's there or whatever comes into the, into the training room and there's just like six cheerleaders with these grim faces still stuck in a cheer pose all on a <laughs> wow. shish kebab of a javelin. I've never seen this one. This, this one's day, great. And I, I've looked for it too. And listeners look if for you know it, this, tweet it at yeah, me, uh, but that is that was burned into my nine-year-old brain. I don't remember this movie at all. But yeah, there was there was a lot of those movies, and you know there was. Um, I mean, I, I remember the the Hellraiser series was because um, that one is so high concept, right? Like the actual formula of most of these films, you know, going back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was that you have a hundred bucks and let's make a movie, and yep. you know, so you don't really need a lot. You know, like you know, so you didn't get a lot of effects. You didn't get a lot of costumes and a lot of makeup and stuff like that. You know, Freddie obviously changed that a little bit with all the with all the prosthetics. But man, you watch Hellraiser. There's like four demons. They're all very distinct, kind of monster looking. Yeah, things. they and, invented a whole yeah. mythos just to explain why they could give everybody the, weird, scary makeup. There was a guy with swords for hands. It was like a <laughs> puppet thing. Like, what the hell? Like, it was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that was definitely, you could tell when it came to Hellraiser, they just picked out five or six, you know, like, this would look scary. They sketch it up, give it to a good makeup artist, prosthetics maker, and then they dress them up, say, all right, now let's find a little backstory for them and set them them loose to kill. Yeah. And they, yeah, for, for then, and it was probably, you know, uh, they live walked so that Hellraiser could run. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and that, you know that's just yeah. that's, how, they, it, that's they, how it was back then. But Clive I, I had some money. Yeah, and it was like 
there was also like those weird little psycho, like psycho and like it would like get into your brain kind of fears and, and where they would take like little objects and make them scary. Like there was the one with that. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was in the Hellraiser series, but it was the monkey with the, with the Oh, the, monkey shines. Monkey shines. Wow. Yes. That thing was scary. Yeah. To this day, those little, the little there's, monkey I, with the, there's, I think the, yeah, the organ grinder monkey, well, the yeah, little but he had, doll, but he had the with little the symbols. symbols. Yeah. Yeah. That you would wind up and his arms would, that was a toy, which I think, uh, Culturally, already it's it's a no go. But that movie with that on the poster, well, and now, and all I know is it was uh, some guy in a wheelchair yeah. who wished for something that went wrong. I don't even know, but ooh, yes, the monkey shines one was good. Or like in Creep Show, oh, the, the guy Creep who's Show. who locks himself Howard Hughes style in his old penthouse, mm-hmm. afraid of, of bugs and disease and, and then, germs. And then he ends up becoming And a bug. then all those cockroaches <laughs> stream out. Yeah. And that, I remember for all of us as we were kids, we would talk about that at school, the water cooler moment. And uh, that we all lived in poverty. There was cockroaches everywhere. We'd seen plenty of them. But the ones in that movie somehow. Yeah, it was horrifying. There was um, there was a real funny. So that one was a play on um, like 1930s horror graphic novels. Mm. You know, let's let's kind of take this back to our friends that made the uh, serial comic. But th- this one was more like you would. Uh, they were like magazines, comic books, and they would do like these little vignettes, these little yep. scary stories, and it was mm. called Creep Show. And like the whole the whole premise of this movie was that you were flipping through the pages of this old magazine that these kids found like in a like an old treasure chest or something, yeah. and so they like went through these stories and some of them were just horrifying. The one of them actually starred uh, Stephon King. Uh, he's an author. Ah, oh, that's yes. right. Yeah, uh, Stephon yes. King. He yes. wrote *Pet Cemetery*. Uh, yes, he did. Um, and the Shining, yes, um, and uh, yeah, and so he um, he actually uh, he's actually acting in this one, and um, he ends up. Um, I, I haven't seen this in maybe forty years, but uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, there's like a meteorite that falls to. He's like a farmer. He's got the overalls on, and he's kind of like he's kind of like Lennyish, kind of you know, kind of brutish, you know. And he like finds, he was wearing a like uh, suspenders, you know, like um, like a. Like those uh, denim overalls, right? Oh, I was going to say an Edgar suit, but uh, uh, no, no, it's just no. He's you know, it's just, he, he's a farmer, right? And so um, he ends up finding like uh, this meat. And a again, black I, reference. My I'll Google it later. <laughs> I don't get it, but but uh, to my memory, I believe it's a meteorite that falls like in his farm or whatever, like like in his field. And there's like a green kind of moss that's on it, and he touches it, and then everything that touches it this moss grows on him and it just overtakes him throughout this vignette, throughout this episode. And it just grows and it grows and it grows. And there's, there's even this scene where he has to like lick his fingers to do something and he touches his tongue and you're like, no, don't touch your tongue. Um, and it was, it wasn't so much, you know, they, I think calling it creep show was very smart because it doesn't, it's not scary show. You know, it's creep show, right? It's supposed to be kind of icky and kind of, kind of gross and yeah, I think these, it plays you're not the, describing slashers there's yeah yeah not, there's yeah there's nothing crazy scary like someone's going to come at you in your dreams actually you thinking know? about just these two of them it really sounds like germaphobes gone crazy yeah it's all those things you're right exactly exactly um i remember one of them was uh this young couple is on like a um 
a wooden raft, you know, like with the logs are all tied together, it's flat. And then they're like floating in the lake. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. And uh, they're floating in a lake. And uh, I believe, I believe, (laughs) I believe there's a topless scene in that scene. If my young memory is not, uh, it's not fooling me here. But um, there's like this like green ooze that lives in the lake and it attaches and attaches to the, you know, to the, to the kids and it kills them. So this is like, also a creep show. I'm pretty sure it was creep show. It was. This, or if, this yeah. is just a a, a germaphobe manifesto. Yeah, I think you're right. It's about like the furry, mossy stuff you see. It's about the yeah. cockroaches. Anything you touch is gonna it's be gonna tainted. You. Yeah, I you think have you're to right. spin around four times and say your name twice, or you're. Yeah, it's the creep show. I, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And again, that was a play off of the old. You know, horror movie, yeah. horror magazines. Well, it's it's, it's, it's the, the old creepy anthology thing, like the Twilight Zone, yep. uh, and of course Tales from the Crypt. I love Tales based from the Crypt. on that. Yep. Uh, yeah, Outer Limits, etc. Amazing uh, Stories. I think you said that. Did you say that? I don't remember. Saying I did. Well, now we're getting yeah. less less horror, right? But, but those are it's anthologies. Just, yeah. I stand by the fact that we just mentioned a bunch of anthologies. Let's just, let's, let's keep it going. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you at okay. home? <laughs> Name some anthology series. <laughs> well, and then um, I think. A guy that might nudge out that fourth member on the Mount Rushmore. Ooh, okay. I'll let you. I'll let you say this. Chucky. Ooh. Now he came out in '88, so yet. he was towards the end. But Nonetheless, again, it's very much '80s it's, slasher. It's the it's, doll too. It's that little object that you that looks creepy to you. Oh, yep. That if that thing could come alive, would kill you. Yes, and that's incredibly frightening because this was a time when you were very likely to have like a Teddy Ruxpin or a right. my buddy in your room anyway. So they were really, you could say that was the last effective use of like eighties scare a kid beyond Terrible. just that. Yeah. yeah. After that horror movies maybe went a little stale until like uh like scream in the mid nineties when they started to get meta and recognize right. their own. It, it like, it like put a mirror up. It yeah. showed us what the horror movies were showing us. It was, yeah. yeah, it was uh, like say, let's accept these and, uh, and still scare you. And then H2O. And uh, you know what? That could be another Frank and Barry show. Uh, I think it's, it's getting time to wind this down a little bit. Yeah. Let's get And I know here. that you promised everybody a comic book earlier. I did. Sorry, a graphic novel. I did. Can you please produce? I can. Can I have it? No. Damn. But yeah, so uh, the publishers were kind enough to give us a couple of copies. Um, and heck, we'd like to give you guys a couple of copies. So, oh, yes, we would. <laughs> From the spooky like cricket to, uh, crypt. So we need, I, I want you to send me your favorite 80s horror character. Tweet it to me at stayclassysdcc. That's all they got to do. That's just name one. Yeah. Just well. Just you know. Tell me about it. You know. No. Uh, no. Okay. I'm gonna up if the it's ante. Freddy, if it's Jason, you, you have to give us the best. And this is where you got to like do your research and reach deep down and okay. impress us with a reference. Your best monster fight. Ooh. So everybody who says Freddy versus Jason, fuck off. Yeah. They they figured that out years ago and it was terrible. <laughs> it was. I want to hear Chucky versus. I don't know the guy ah, from a from so these from a movie I haven't seen. Fantasy type. You want to see? You I want to see give two us, characters. Give us a matchup that you wouldn't <laughs> think of, and really do some deep cuts. Make Marky do research when he reads his tweets. <laughs> okay, let's do that. All right. So, 
Uh, tweet me at State Classy SDCC, and you could win one of two copies of. I they're going to send me three, but I'm going to keep one. Um, so <laughs> one of two copies. Nothing if not transparent here on the show. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, yes, but uh, we're going to give away two copies of this exceptional graphic novel. I don't have many graphic novels. I don't have many comic books, but I have a select few, and all of my comic books are better than yours. This one is. <laughs> this one goes on the top shelf it is fantastic it's everything that i ever wanted i can't believe that they made it i can't believe somebody published it and i can't believe how good it is jesus that's so that's the blurb on the back so, i can't uh, believe someone published this marquee so send me a tweet at stay classy sdcc give me your craziest 80s horror character fights not that actually happened but that you want to see happen yeah. and tell me why Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw in a couple of words. Convince me why it's a good matchup, uh, and we will take an internal vote, and uh, AI will decide if you're a winner or not. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, Marquis, before we go, uh-huh. and I know it's time to go. I know, but we have a certain. I got a little something for us. Thank you. I got it. Awesome. You know, we have a partnership with uh, with many of the finest uh, uh, monster serial uh, boards, agencies, mm-hmm. reviews, yep. etc. Well, this We're year. Members. From uh, Nebraska's own uh, ontological research for the preservation of General Mills monster cereals. Big shout out, fighting ontological society. Uh, they, they have unearthed from the vault. Apparently, there was a time in the 80s. General Mills, you know you've heard on the show how many times they have tried to jumpstart the old monster cereals universe. Uh-huh. Well before Marvel or DC or any of them. Uh, but they, they, uh, as we've seen, have met with a, uh, a little less success. Yeah. But there was a time, failing all else, they said, screw it. They're monsters. Let's make 80s slasher movies with them. We'll turn into a franchise, they probably thought. So they wanted to take serial characters based off of older movie monsters and make 80s movie monster movies about... Serial monsters that were based well. Off of I, if you want to get monsters? specific, it wasn't Monster Core; it was Slasher Core. Okay, I didn't know. But you got the same general idea. They they wanted to make an eighty slasher movie with the monsters, uh, and you know they might have got away with it. Except apparently, it looks like they didn't know who was a victim, who was a killer. Uh, it sounds like it's a mess. The, yeah. It's it it everything in the kitchen sink. Like they sound, couldn't pull it, sounds it off. Like this is totally unbelievable and cannot possibly be true. And yet, apparently, they made it. All copies, long since destroyed, okay. of course. But, but you found one. We found a copy of the trailer. Oh, God, something survived. Oh. It lived. And here, we are going to play it for you because we believe in journalistic purity. So, Uncut, as it was presented to us. That sounds amazing. I do want to say uh, happy Frankenberry season to everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Day of the Dead. Um, be safe. Be kind to each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, we, that uh, don't me? don't steal little kids' no, candy don't do bags. That. Nope. Little kids, yep. run home fast though, because people don't listen to us. They're ghouls. <laughs> exactly. All, All right. right. Take it away, Monsterpiece Theater, 2023. Meanwhile, this Halloween. Something is evil at Camp Cereal Lake. You kids ain't safe out here. And also, don't answer the phone. What's your favorite?
favorite scary cereal. And you better not even think about staying in a fancy abandoned hotel. Come, Come and, and play, play with, with us, Count Chocula, forever and ever and ever. But most of all, don't get soggy in milk. We all go a little soggy sometimes, haven't you? Have you watched Mellow Friend till the end? Oh, my God. Oh, God. They're coming. The marshmallow sweeties are here. The power of milk compels you. 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 Whatever you do, don't fall asleep at the breakfast table. From the people who brought you this complete breakfast. All toasties and no monster melon. Makes fruit boot a doll boot. Comes this terrifying tale of serial mascots who I think are maybe the killers or the victims. It's hard to follow the thread. Be afraid. Be very afraid. A Frankenstool. I'd love to stay and chat, but I'm having an old friend for breakfast. Thank you, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Frankenberry season. Uh, and big thanks to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for that absolutely spot-on horror synth track. Uh, you guys, you guys are why we do this. Anyway, it's definitely enough of this now. Hmm? Happy Frankenberry seasons to all. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.